0: This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the decks. I hope you are well and healthy and not feeling too cold and <laughs> how times are changing. This week, I am joined by Indira May. Indira is both an artist and an entrepreneur. She recently released her first EP, Simpler Things, which has a beautiful, soulful jazz sound. And she also co-founded Trash with one of her best friends uh, who works in the film industry as a coming together of the challenges that women face in music and film. Through this conversation, we speak about her background as a musician and what drew her to wanting to become an artist and how she's navigated that journey releasing independently we also talk about the foundation of trash and what was the inspiration behind it and why we feel like maybe there's a need for more supportive spaces for women in creative industries so lots of good stuff i hope you enjoy and without further ado indira may on the hot girls podcast let's go
1: ladies listen up you're listening to hot girls With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. We're going. We are fire. From London for the world.
2: Let's go in. Music has kind of always been part of my life, really. Like some of my earliest memories are just of my family playing music constantly. In the house, like there was always music on, and we weren't really a house that watched telly. Like, we we grew up in the countryside, so I was quite like an outdoorsy kid. And like, my mum didn't want to put me in front of the telly, so I didn't really like I wasn't kind of like a gamer, or um, I never watched loads of movies, I was just always listening to music. And obviously, like, you can listen to music whilst you're out and about, too. And yeah, we had family friends who were like in bands and stuff and they'd come over and play live music. So it was kind of always there. And I was like joining in and grabbing the guitars and the shakers. And and then I got given a guitar when I was five. And that was kind of it, really. That was that was me set.
0: <laughs> were there certain albums or artists that were kind of your parents' favourite?
2: My dad was really into rock, but also really into jazz. They've got quite a wide, a wide taste in music, really. I listen to lots of like Fela Kuti, um, lots of jazz like Nina Simone, um, all sorts, all sorts. And (laughs) my dad, (laughs) my dad kind of was into making his own music. So songwriting was like a thing in our house and he was in bands when he was younger. So it kind of just felt like a way of living, really. Like I've never really thought of like, Thinking about it, like carving my own p- path and like searching for it myself, it's kind of just always always, always been, been
0: there. So, guitar was your first instrument, or is that the only instrument that you've ever really worked with?
2: I like to say I can play guitar, but I just kind of make it up as I go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is playing guitar. That's playing any yeah. instrument.
2: <laughs> I'll take that. Um, I've never been like theory based, but yeah, that that was the first instrument I picked up. And it was never really, I mean, I had lessons and you know I learned like here comes the sun by the Beatles or something, mm. but it was always like a writing tool. Like I just I just like to experiment on instruments. And I think now I'm in my 20s, I've realized that theory is really important. You know, it's kind of a form of communication between musicians and it it does really help you on the way, but um I've always been too stubborn and just like into creating. So yeah, guitar was the first one and I kind of tinker around a bit on the piano. Um, But I hate to say that I'm like a guitarist because I'm not. (laughs) It's just there for fun, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because those great, I suppose, with the jazz influences, like Nina Simone was obsessed with like the mathematics of music and kind of like the real detail of classicists and like the extreme study. So (laughs) <laughs> You're like, I'm not that, but I, it, it is a good tool for
2: no for expression. I really appreciate it. Like I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate people who learn their theory, um, and it's definitely something I need to need to get into amongst all the other things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you start recording yourself?
2: Um, my first recording experience was probably in my godfather's studio so he's he's a producer and he's been in the music industry for a long time and he has a home studio i was always quite shy with mm-hmm. with making music like i i love music and i love watching people perform but i was i was always quite a shy kid i I'd, I'd never show anyone my songs I, I wasn't like jumping up to be on stage like it was a very like private thing for me mm-hmm. um, so that first experience of Recording in a studio was kind of a moment of, oh, I actually really enjoy this. And and it kind of gave me a bit of confidence. Um, and I, yeah, I recorded my first kind of two, three songs in there. And that that was the first few songs I ever released. I mean, they never, didn't really get streamed, but it's not the point.
0: <laughs> I don't think it is um, the point at all. I think it's like the, that barrier to actually putting something out there some people don't feel it like some people feel nothing about you know like making that step to actually recording yourself and putting it out in the world I think it's good that that can be a barrier if you don't just kind of go ahead and put stuff out there because then you can learn from the experience and I was wondering did you say it was your godfather who was a music producer
2: yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of been in the industry for a long time and that's who I was referring to earlier. Like when I said having family friends around kind of mm. playing music and doing mini gigs in the garden. So my dad used to be in a band when he was younger um, with my godfather's brother and it's all linked. But yeah, yeah my godfather carried on making, making music and yeah, he's been successful with it. So it's it's nice to have have a person like that. It's inspiring and you know, if I I didn't have them in my life, I wouldn't have got to have had that experience in the studio. So yeah. That was, yeah. That was
0: cool. Has he also given you some of that kind of foundational advice in terms of how the industry works and how you can start to build a career as an artist?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like him and his wife, who's my godmother, like they work together. They're both in the industry together. They, they run their own independent label and they've managed artists. So growing up that's been really handy as like a springboard but also like I'm not gonna lie I was a really stubborn teenager so anyone trying to give me advice in those years probably failed because <laughs> I feel like um, I had to learn for myself I feel like it's, yes. it's great to have people to give you advice and to warn you about things and to try mm. and guide you but I think as well when you're like a determined creative person there's also a slight kind of stubbornness of I'm just going to do it myself and find out for myself but yeah they've given me some great advice over the years and especially coming into my 20s and starting a business and trying to really make my own mark and do my own thing I think now in my 20s that's when it's been most valuable because I'm I'm ready to listen (laughs) to the advice I (laughs) think
0: I'm completely the same I am I have to learn stuff for myself. I can sort of like with one ear take on people's perspective. But yeah, unless I've done my own research or it's lived through my own experience, it doesn't really sit, doesn't really like sink in. So you released your first singles and that was before forming Trash and the work you've done since then. And I want to understand a little bit more your journey from, was it in 2018? Was that your when your first music came out?
2: I think so. It was quite a while ago now. yeah Yeah, it was like four four years ago or something
0: and were you someone who was like had your plan and you knew exactly what you were doing or more of a kind of freestyler
2: um when I was 18 I moved to Brighton and I started at a music uni the the aim of the move was to meet more musicians and then I, I went to uni for a year and didn't really get along with it so I left and then I stayed in Brighton for, for those year, few years and met some awesome people, made some music, gigged around Brighton and kind of other parts of the UK. And yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever really had a plan up until now. It's all kind of just been a bit random. The main aim has to always has always been just to create music that I love and surround myself with like-minded people who like creating with you, I think that's kind of always been the aim, really. Like uh, the bigger aims is, you know, to kind of have people hear your music and do the tours you want to do. But the more inner aim is is just to be surrounded by like-minded people who you like creating with, because in essence, that's kind of what it's all about for me. It, like it's to feel grounded. Like music's like a career, but it's like without going too deep. Like it's kind of my way of life. It's the only thing that makes me feel me so it's more about like feeling that kind of community and and closeness really and yeah so the long-winded way of saying I've not really had a plan I've just kind of followed my gut up until now but I think I think as I've started my business and stuff that's when I've gotten into the groove of like okay this is my four-year plan like got to start thinking about things more strategically.
0: Yeah so in terms of starting your business and I'm really interested in it I watched the behind the scenes video that you did for When I Hear the Music and I loved it and I loved so much of what you were saying and I also think the music video is incredible so it's also just like a really great thing to to be like, look what we did. It's just like beautiful and brilliant. Was there a trigger moment for setting that up? And actually maybe it'd be good to just say a little bit about what Trash is and then...
2: So Trash is an independent music label and films production company. And our tagline is run by women for everyone. And the reason why we started it, I, I think there was a trigger point as in like, there was something that happened that made me feel like, gosh, I really need to do this now. But I think there was also a, a build-up of experiences and events. And they, they weren't just my own. It's quite common knowledge that being a woman in general in the world sometimes is quite <laughs> hard. But in creative industries, you know, I've, I've witnessed a lot of things that haven't haven't been great and I've I've listened to a lot of my friends and co-workers experiences and I I think it just got to the point where we were coming home and exchanging our experiences from our days and from our different jobs and kind of like as if it was normal like as if we were just that became part of our routine like coming home and complaining about things we'd experienced and it just kind of being like Oh, well that's just the way it goes. Like that's the industry. You've got to have a hard shell. Um you know that's what you've got to put up with. And I think it got to the point where I was like, but why am I putting up with this? Because I I don't need to. And it was that kind of realization that you don't always need to be dependent on other people and you can also build your own team with your own values. So, yeah, there was a bit of a trigger point last year and, and my, uh, the co-owner of Trash, who's also my housemate, best friend, sister, um, soulmate. She also had a kind of a trigger point within um, the film industry. And I I think we just sat down one day and thought, you know what, let's just do it ourselves. And that was it really. And it kind of, it snowballed pretty quickly from there. Like we just put our heads down and, got on with it and we kind of got everything together within about three or four months and just just decided to go for it. Because starting
0: a business, you have the brilliant fun bits of what's our vision what do we want to create what is our version of excellent and all of those kind of the fun creative stuff but then you also have a ton of admin and things that you have to think about what were the first steps which bits did you do first
2: (laughs) oh it's been such a learning curve like it still is but um I think the first thing was what like what do we want to achieve like what's what's our aim here like what are we about what what we want to change and the things we want to change is is how women feel in the industry how safe they feel and and I think as well what we realized was there was never even though I got given advice from my godparents there was like at uni and in school and stuff there wasn't like information readily available at my fingertips to like Mm. learn how to navigate the industry and you know, that's why you go through the experiences you go through because they're new and you are vulnerable and you don't know what's right and wrong. And I, I think in the creative industry as well, like a lot of boundaries are blurred. Like if you go into a set workplace in the corporate world, some of the boundaries are quite clear because it's quite a solid, it's an office or mm. you're in a board meeting or people are walking around in suits and you feel like, you know, you're at your job. But I think when you're in the studio or in a film set or having a photo shoot, that's still work, but it the boundaries are are slightly less obvious. Mm -hmm. And I think as well, like you, you work with a lot of your mates again. So it's like, again, the boundaries are blurred. And there was no point in my teen years where I felt I really learned that off anyone. I kind of was just navigating it on myself. So I think one of the aims of Trash is to, is to educate young women on on their rights and one size
1: fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: And you know what's right and wrong, and what's okay, and what's expected of them, and what's not. And so that's one of the main aims. We, you know, we want to do youth workshops and stuff like that. Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. I always do. My ADHD ADHD (laughs) brain is just like. (laughs) I've like forgotten what the question is
0: but I think we can kind of go back to the question but I think it's what you're saying is really interesting because it's also like you're essentially validating the experiences of younger people who might not have yet know if their instinct about whether things are wrong or whether things are making them uncomfortable is okay and it's like you've got that bit more experience and that that confidence that comes with age or spending a bit of time in places to say actually I I know this isn't right and I'm very happy to stand up and say this is what it can look like this is what a film set can be like this is what professionalism in a studio can be like and then younger people who are educated on that then feel safer and more comfortable to say that earlier on
2: of course because it's about I think especially when you're younger it's not having that confidence to speak up it's Mm -hmm. kind of that embarrassment and I also think it's important to realise you know, we can't promise a safe environment. Wherever you go, you can't promise safety. That's that's Mm. not a promise to anyone, but it's more just knowing that if something was to happen, you're in a crew of people or you're with people that you know will sort out in the right way and will go through the right precautions and will give you the right support. I think support is, is key. You can't avoid those situations. I think that's the bit of truth of it. It doesn't matter how much training or education or how many workshops you go to like unfortunately you will experience something like that in your life but it's it's more just knowing what to do once it happens and the course you can follow and the support you can you're entitled to you know
0: and I want to kind of go deeper into certain creative parts, but just quickly, if if anyone was thinking about setting up their own label or setting up their own business, have you got any nuggets of advice from the from the past sort of six seven months that you've been on this journey where you'd say, "Oh, do this" or "Do do that"?
2: There's a lot of admin. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, if you're if you're not great with spreadsheets and emails and all of that. Get to know that first because that was a shock to the system. And I think it's about having a good partner as well. I feel really mm. lucky that I I work with someone I really trust and we can share the workload. And also like have that really open, honest communication because it's tough starting something from the ground and you're going to be faced with so many challenges. And you are going to, I don't know if I can swear, but you are going to like you are going to fuck up. I like, thought you were going
0: to say fuck up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you're going to get things wrong and you're going to spend 200 quid on something you didn't need to spend 200 yes, quid on. And, yeah. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to copy someone in on the wrong email. You're, you're going to mess up the spreadsheet and it's okay. But I think it's as long as you trust the person you're working with or the people you're working with, and you can have those conversations and, and you can laugh about it and I think it's just remembering it's a learning mm-hmm. curve. You're not going to get it right the first time. But yes, yeah. admin, like if that's not your foresight,
0: like, get to know because <laughs> it be your life. I think that's great advice. I remember saying that, asking my sister that. I was like, how do I know, you know, how it's hard to make decisions actually with money. Like, how do I know what's the right thing to invest in? She was, She was like, you just will get it wrong sometimes. But if you don't ever spend the money or you don't ever move, then you will just stay frozen. So you kind of just, I think just accepting that you're going to make mistakes is quite a good thing to just be okay with early on. And it's much better to be okay with that than just stay still.
2: Of course. And I think if you've started something that you feel passionate about, investing in it won't feel wrong. I mm. think when you start a small business or something, you have to really know that you want to start it because it it is something that runs along parallel to your life. Like it, it's there every day it's something you Mm. have to think about all the time especially with like social media and stuff and how people access your work like that's a whole job in itself I think that was the other shock to the system was like wow this social media thing is like like where do I have time to do this like trying to create reels on the train and like post things and like think of hashtags and but the information's out there so you know you it's just it's just learning new skills and eventually hopefully building a team so you can have people doing different bits and um hopefully we'll get
0: so one of the things that I was thinking when I did watch the when I watched the video for when I hear the music and I don't know if this was conscious so but in um in DJing and so I uh generally work in electronic music now and Um, in those spaces but before I listened and played a lot of hip-hop and I think uh, one of the things that's true in both spaces is that women are so often like the supporting act and it's one of the things that really bugs me like in hip-hop it's like very prominent in music videos like the culture is literally like the women just kind of like walk along and are like at the side (laughs) they're basically like props and then in electronic music it's literally like the models dance around and then the guys yeah
2: yeah 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 yeah
0: and it makes me cringe and it annoys me. And I didn't know if that, obviously, in your kind of music video, you're very much just like, almost like quite androgynous, but like central role. And there are men, but they're just kind of, they're there, but not in the way that men do it the other way around, but it's very much like female first. And I was wondering about your conversations around that process and whether that whole thing of like the kind of support act and the main act is something that you've experienced as well.
2: Mm, yeah, definitely. In Brighton, I was around a lot of like hip-hop music and went down that avenue a bit and I definitely felt like when I did shows with other male hip-hop artists it was always like people would come up to us after the show and be like they'd go off and see the men and kind of congratulate them and it were just like oh you're the singer and it's like no actually I wrote third of that song but whatever yeah I'm just the singer I'm just there to look nice yeah um, to look nice and it. Like, there was Hello. a lot of that <laughs> Oh yeah literally just to <laughs> sing a nice few notes like um yeah I've definitely experienced that I think it's different when you're gigging your own songs with your own band because you you have the opportunity to present yourself especially if you're like headliner act but yeah it's an interesting I, I I've, I've definitely felt that when performing with other other men I think yeah it's different when I perform my own music and I'm and it's my songs and I'm at the front and it's my band, you can mm-hmm. kind of, you've got the freedom to like play around a bit and say what you want and introduce yourself how you want to and all of that. But performing in in kind of performing at hip hop gigs, I've definitely realized the difference in how people treat. Me. I've I've had a kind of few females come up to me before after performing and and say, it's so nice to see a female on stage. A, because it's inspiring, but B, because, you know, there aren't many females here and it makes, it makes females feel like, should they be there? Is that a space that's for them? Do you know what I mean? And I think as soon as you, as soon as you see a female performing on stage, you know, that's your, that's confirmation that it's, it's cool to be there. And And it's a shame it's got to be that way, but yeah going back to your point that's the inequality that that you're talking about
0: so the final thing I want to talk about is just musically what's really inspiring you at the moment because you have this sort of very jazz sound and that's obviously a, a big part of you as an artist but you've also been working with quite a few different producers who make quite different types of music I know you said you've got quite a broad taste what are the things that you're really excited about either with the music you've got coming out or when you're thinking about what you want to create in the future
2: I'm excited for the rest of my EP to drop. I've had two singles out now, um, and they've been released through uh, through my company Trash. And got three more songs coming, and like a little animation and stuff. Mm. Um, and I think, to be honest, I haven't I haven't been in the studio for a few months, so I haven't really been making any music the last few months, just because I've been focused on releasing this project and getting over. I'm one of those people who like once once I've finished a project I just need a bit of a break. <laughs> like, yeah. Um but I've kind of had my break now and I'm I'm in this like gathering stage I call it like before you kind of get to the creating stage I like to like gather gather lyrics and inspiration and stuff like that. So I'm kind of in that stage at the moment but I'm going to start jumping back in the studio next month. Um I work with a really cool dance trio, dance music trio called Jaded, hopefully jumping back in the studio with them soon. So it's always a laugh with them.
0: Yeah. How did you guys, I just want to ask about that. How did you link up in the first place? Did they hear you and reach out or were you
2: friends? I met them through uh, my old manager and we've just we've just maintained, maintained the relationship. We had a release this year called The Lights. And yeah, we've just remained friends, really, and that's been like quite interesting creatively to get into because I've been very like jazz orientated for quite a while, and it's really only in the last like year year and a half that I've kind of got into like doing top liners and really gotten into dance music, and I definitely feel like that's had an influence on my own music and kind of what I want to do next
0: you said you actually jump in the studio with them. Do you take kind of like a notebook of ideas or what do you prepare as a writer?
2: I've always got words floating around in my head. So I'm constantly writing things down in my notes app. So all I bring with me is my phone. And the thing I use the most is my, is my notes app. And if anyone was to open it, it wouldn't make any sense that it's just, (laughs) (laughs) just loads of random words and sentences and thoughts and feelings. But Yeah, it's usually what happens is someone starts playing something or there's a track they've started working on or they start playing a riff on an instrument and something either instantly just springs to mind and I just sing it without thinking or I will dig into my notes app and just pull something out that's kind of resonating with what I'm hearing and kind of just go from there.
0: I think that's nice. I find the idea of it quite nerve wracking.
2: I'd be like, what if I don't have any ideas? I think everyone gets that like even if you're comfortable with right I think there's there's a kind of vulnerability thing and I think it's I think the producer-artist relationship's really important and like to make the best music you have to be able to feel vulnerable with your producer or with the musicians you're working with and that vulnerability is is something that's quite hard to like learn and push through do you know what I mean like if you're if you're not someone who naturally likes to trust people or you're quite shy, it's it's something I've had to learn feeling vulnerable in creative situations, but forming those, those relationships with the people you work with is really important, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's like having the space to be genuinely vulnerable as well, as opposed to kind of like trying to tap into something that isn't genuine, being really honest about what is where you are at and what you can write from. 100%
2: like it's just about realness I think and I feel nervous I think when I don't know someone but if I've if I've met them and I feel like we get along and it's a vibe and they're genuine people and I can just be myself then the kind of anxiety goes straight away the only times I remain feeling uncomfortable is I guess if I don't feel comfortable with the person for whatever reason yeah Indira
0: May, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Um, For people who are listening who might not be familiar with you, can you let us know where you're at online, where they can find your music and also where they can find and follow Trash?
2: Yes, so all my music's on Spotify under my name, Indira May, which is I-N-D-I-R-A-M-A-Y. Um, and you can find me on socials on Instagram. Um, trash is also on Instagram under trash films and music. Uh, we've got a website which is dropping this month as well where you can find all of our latest projects. Yeah, go follow us on on the old Instagram.
0: <laughs> so, you, you haven't broken onto
2: TikTok yet? Oh, uh, do you know what? We do have a TikTok, we may. <laughs> we... <laughs> We made two TikToks and they didn't get much response. In fact, the only comment we got was, You you two are really scary. (laughs) That was kind of it for us. We were like, I'm not sure this is the market for us. This isn't our platform. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we've hacked this. If we have some more time, we might we might retry, but the response we got on there wasn't wasn't that positive. So kind
0: of... <laughs> back to the drawing board on your creativity.
2: Yeah, Taking a step back. Taking a step back from TikTok. You know, it's never too late. We'll oh, dive yes. back into that one, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> well, Indira, thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. What up, let's <laughs> we, ah. we keep our eyes on the triad. No surprise, good women were destined to rise, yeah. inspiring, celebrating, uplifting the new generation, oh, some hot girls, you know the vibe, all the hot girls come alive, all the hot girls, we know the vibe, all the hot girls come alive.